All right, teaching others also. Let's begin in Luke chapter 9. Now this is part two of sort of a requested thing on soul work. And today it's soul work and the subject is the soul worker. The soul worker. Luke chapter 9. We're going to look at three full passages, a fair bit of scripture to read, so we'll confine ourselves to those. There are a multitude of cross-references that we could use, but we won't today, and I trust that you'll uh, seek out your own cross-references, but again, this is a forest and not the trees, trying to give an over-picture and an overview, and let me say this, there's very little emphasis today, very little teaching, very little whatever you want to call attention given to the soul worker. Most of the time, this idea of the soul worker is they want to take the soul worker and train them to say certain things, do certain things, productivity, productivity, productivity. And even in the sense of, of distri distri distribution, whether it be of tracks or knocking on doors or whatever, it, it keeps coming up productivity. And this is not how God thinks. If, if the work of God is what God says it is, and it is, then the soul worker is very, very important. And especially these three things. You could, I, could, I could give you 10 things if I wanted to, truthfully. But I, I feel like these three things, most of those other things come under one of these. And they overlap and intermingle. If they didn't, then it wouldn't be a whole process. It'd be more like just, you know, details. In Luke chapter 9, beginning in the paragraph mark in verse 51, And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, and they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem, which he was going to on the way he was going to stop in Samaria, a village. Verse 54, And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elias did? And by the way, there's a place where he calls these two brothers the sons of thunder. And for years I've heard preachers say, good preachers say, you know, well, they weren't sons of thunder. They didn't do much. Right here, they're ready to call down fire from heaven, which would be associated with thunder. That's why they're called that. Because John becomes the beloved and he writes about it is the miracle. The miracle isn't that he was an effeminate sort of soft guy to begin with. He was a rough and tough. He and James and John and, and Simon Peter, they were rough and tough fishermen. And so they're ready to call down fire from heaven. And in verse 55, but he turned and rebuked them and said that he is the Lord Jesus. Ye know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And if you go on and read, and let's do this. And it came to pass as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whither thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home and my house. 
And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I think it's worth noting there is a paragraph mark there at verse 57, and there's one of 51. So you've got two main things of thought, and I would say this about it. The first, th the first point of these three things on the soul work and the soul worker is the spirit of the soul worker. I am very weary, weary of, and wearied from this not being spoken of, preached, insisted upon in the work of God. I have heard sermons and I've seen people gain favor and I, for years there's two or three people come to my mind and I cringe when I, the good preachers, good messages, but I cringe when I hear the pride coming out of them and people, they warm up to the pride almost. They're like, oh, well, that's pretty cool, but it's not cool. It's pride. You can't find anywhere in the Bible where God promotes pride or, or even in any way is, is partial to pride other than against it. And so I'll say to you today that the spirit of the worker is, is important. Now, he said, you know not manner, what manner of spirit you're of. That is the right word right there in your King James Bible. It has a lot of synonyms, but the synonyms cannot replace it. Here's a quick thing about your English language. When you find a word that has a multiplicity of synonyms under it, 90% of the time, those, all those synonyms aren't going to point back to that word. So that word is like the seed from which those synonyms comes. That's the way language is. And by the way, God didn't mean you to quit learning and studying. You want to study language? Study your English language when it comes to learning your Bible. Some of us who've had the years of Greek and Hebrew and all that, the more we studied it, the more we knew that you had something supernatural in your King James Bible. Now, too many want to preach these certain parts of the Bible, but the Spirit's not right. They love to hammer down on verse 57 down through verse 62 when they feel like they're doing it, and honestly, their life couldn't stand the microscope, by the way. Their pride is just ridiculous. Uh, their arrogancy, their bragging. And then, you know what's funny? They brag, and because no one calls their bluff, they figure when everybody's afraid of them, they're not afraid of them. They pity them. You see, we live in a time when, when the spirit of the worker is magnified when it's wrong. When, when the spirit that people are warming up to is the James and John spirit when it wasn't right. And you've got so much animosity. You've got so much tension between in politics, the right and the left and all this stuff that Christians are listening to too much of it and they're picking up on it. And their political heroes, they think, are, are the way to go when if you measured their political heroes on either side, including the right, if you measured their political heroes by the Bible, uh, it would startle you and scare you, make you worried. <laughs> pride and arrogancy, those are all things that God hates. The Apostle Paul never came across how he was, he was confident in God. He was brave. He was bold. But his spirit wasn't a proud, arrogant spirit. And one of the things that every time a worker, every day, honestly, that's why you get up in the morning. If your work is daytime stuff, that's why you get up and you get some scripture in you, and you submit your spirit to God, and you do those things. Why? Because that's what you ought to be doing with your spirit. 
it, it, too often when people get together and pray before they go out soul working, it's about results and results and results. And it's about everything. It's hardly ever about the workers. The spirit, we're going to, I'm going to give you all three of them. Then we'll talk about them together for a couple minutes. All right, so there's the spirit of the soul worker. <clears throat> In verse 57 to 62 there, before I go on, those things are about a deeper discipleship. Those are not things that have to do with accepting the gospel and receiving the gospel and, and turning to the Lord Jesus Christ and following him for salvation. And the Lord Jesus always makes a difference between them. And I think it's, it's significant that it's here in your Bible because what he's saying to James and John is, Hey, where are you personally? Where are you? Where are you in your devotion to me? Where are you in putting your hand to the plow and not looking back? There's way too many people. They, they don't like it if everyone else is not good. They're like John, Peter and John 21. They, God tells them, here's what your lot in life is. And they're like, well, what about everybody else? The Lord says, don't worry about anybody else. All right, so the second thing is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, I've picked these three specific chapters because they represent so many others and for me they help me help they really help me make sure i get my focus in the right place and look at the soul worker while doing soul work these kind of things are important in ministering the word of god sunday school bible study preaching missionaries evangelists there's so little attention given to the worker and so much to the product and the message and the outline and the results and the energy. Well, God might use anything. I mean, he used a, a donkey in the Old Testament. He used King Saul to prophesy when King Saul was a devil. We need to be real careful. God might save somebody because they need saving, but he ain't saving it because of the preacher. I learned that from the old timers. Because the second thing is this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to read several verses and begin in verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have received this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We don't fall away. We don't get weak from it. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel which the image of God should shine unto them. That's the devil's efforts. He doesn't mean they're permanently damned. They're not uh, destined to eternity like some hyper-Calvinist. Keep reading. What we do is in verse 5 on. 4. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why? So you can get, get meetings? No. So uh, you can get a, a Sunday school class? No. So someone will say, well, you, they're a great Christian? No. That the excellency of the power may be of God 
and not of us. Should you have discipline in your life? Absolutely. Should you have character? Oh, yes. But should that be glorified? No. No, no, no. The soul worker is entirely about Jesus Christ. Now watch. Watch this. You ready? Verse 8, we are troubled on every side, yet not perplexed, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now watch. Underline it. Mark it. Ready? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. That, again, watch that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You want to be an effective soul worker? You must die to self. This is the servant theme. The first is the spirit of the soul worker. The second is the servant theme of the soul worker. There are very few people that have Paul's attitude, and he was the chief of the apostles. He was it. I mean, he was the apostle of the apostles in a way for the church age. So the chief of sinners serves why because of jesus christ verse 5 second corinthians 4 5 let us read on a minute verse 12 so then death verse 11 for we which live are always delivered unto death for jesus sake that the life also of jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh not in eternity in your daily life so then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, what we've got to do is we've got to have the servant theme in our life. The servant theme. Our, our life is all about serving Jesus Christ and the gospel. We're about serving souls. Listen, you're not going to save souls. God saves the soul. One plants, one waters. God gives the increase. So listen, you're going to have to come to a point and then maintain this, the servant theme of the soul worker. I can't tell you how many times I've been either visiting or putting out tracts or doing gospel work or preaching on the street or open air and the spirit that people had was wrong and they didn't have a servant nature whatsoever they weren't serving christ or anybody else they're serving themselves and their church and their reputation and their attitude it's a servant theme <clears throat> we preach not ourselves but christ Jesus, lord ourselves your servants for jesus sake we're the servants to those souls we're to serve up the gospel of those souls we're not to make it difficult for them. We're not, we're not to make it hard for them to receive. We're not to take on the power of the, the place of the Holy Spirit where he convicts of sin, rights, and judgment. God does that. We're to show them Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that, that sometimes people get so far away, brethren, from what Jesus Christ did for them? Because they lose that servant theme. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. So the spirit of the soul worker, it's to be a spirit that is about taking the gospel 
and not trying to take vengeance, uh, not trying to call down fire from heaven. And the second one is the servant theme. Now, you see, this is contrary to the world you live in right now. If you live in the United States, for example, within the sound of my voice, this is contrary. They're not promoting people being servants. They're promoting you having your rights. I'm talking about the right wing. Have your rights, have your rights. You say, well, if you don't promote rights, you must be of the other side. Nope, 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 nope. I'm just on Jesus' side, and he said, give up your rights. He said, die to self. He said, always, verse 10, always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You know when people will see Jesus Christ? He'll see Jesus Christ when we die to self and Jesus lives through us. That's that servant theme. You know, when we have that servant attitude, that servant theme in our life, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, whose servants? Your servants, for Jesus' sake. That solves so many things. It tells us what seat to take, tells us what place to take, tells us what attitude to have. So the spirit of the soul worker and the servant theme of the soul worker, they go together. All right, now cross the page or whatever in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to talk about the sort of the soul worker. I call it the sort awareness, being aware of what sort of soul worker you are. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be acceptant, accepted of him. Why do he say that? Because in verse 8, he said, we're confident, I'm saying, willing rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So he said, I'm going to labor that whether I'm present right now or absent, I may be accepted of him. Did he talk about being saved? No, no. We're already accepted in Christ. Accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1. But here in verse 10, he lets you know what he's talking about. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? That everyone, I, I say why, when you are reading a sentence and many times when you see that word that, after a comma, uh, after a semicolon, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, semicolon, that. In between there is an unwritten word that says why? Because. Everyone, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Let's read on. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them, which glory in appearance and not in heart. So mark it down again, not in heart. You see, it tells us over in, in 1 Corinthians that when we get to this judgment seat, 1 Corinthians 3, if you want to write it down, he's going to judge our work of what sort it is. Okay? So I'm saying to you that when, when we come to these matters, we're supposed to be thinking of it while we're doing the soul work. See, if we're not careful... When it tells us that every man's work shall be made manifest, 1 Corinthians 3.13, 1 
For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So in 2 Corinthians 5, when he makes this reference to the judgment seat of Christ, it's to what sort? Let's read on. Whether we be beside ourselves, it is of God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Verse 14, watch. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Get this picture. It's an unselfish death to self person. And so when we come to Christ, God's never impressed with us. With what works or with you or with me. He wants to know what sort it was. The spirit of it, the servant theme of it, and the sort of it. So as workers, the thing that we should be focused on here, the thing that we should be thinking about, if you read down through this passage, I'm just not going to have to read it all today. In verse 18, he said, all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, most soul workers don't approach it that way. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It's a word of what? Reconciliation. That's what sort it ought to be. I, I, I get weary with Bible-believing Christians who are focused on how Jesus preached to the Pharisees and scribes and the hypocrites. And they have no real heart for how he preached to everybody else and, tell, and did personal work. Look at verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ said, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then verse chapter 6, verse 1 of 2 Corinthians. We then as workers together with him. So my, my thought on it is this. When you take the idea of soul work, which we looked at just the other day, and then you, this part two of soul work is the soul worker. It is my absolute conviction, my firm belief, that if there was more concentration of effort, of thought, of training, if there was more of that going on with soul workers, we would see more people's hearts touched in a long-term way. You see, what's happened is the soul work has just become almost token, whether it be tracks, and they always talk about how many tracks, whether it be street preaching, they always talk about, you know, their conflict and where they preached and what they said, whether it be visitation or visits. <coughs> now, I could go into this at length. Let me, let me take a couple minutes and I will go into a little bit. The spirit of the soul worker, when your spirit's right, you can handle that rejection. James and John, and there's a whole passage, like I said, this is forest, not the trees lessons this week. But that whole passage is full of the idea that their problem was about rejection. It wasn't about 
real righteousness because they didn't have a righteous spirit because the Lord Jesus Christ said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. They didn't have the spirit of Christ. They didn't have the spirit, uh, the right attitude. It's because they didn't receive him. You know, if you're not careful, you're going to get that way yourself sometimes. You better be careful. You take 2 Corinthians chapter 4 where Paul's writing them. The Corinthians were, they were kind of carnal about his attitude. Now they're saved people and professing and stuff, but he is showing them that we are servants for Jesus' sake. He served those people who were not treating him right. And sometimes they'd gossip about him or criticize him. And when they didn't get their way, they were like little children. Well, listen, when you're trying to do soul work, whether it be getting somebody to Christ or trying to help somebody get discipled, I, 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 so many of y'all have, have amnesia. You have a total wipeout of what you were like as a new Christian or what you were like a year ago sometimes. You know, sometimes people totally forget how much patience it takes to deal with them. And when they do, immediately they lose that servant theme. Would you think about something? People have a child, have a baby, baby's born. Can that baby do anything for itself? No. Somebody has to. Have you noticed that you have this great increase of all these conflicts about how people are treating their, their babies and stuff, the baby's inconvenience, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> do you know what's missing today? Isn't preached hardly at all? Is having a servant theme for your life as a Christian. You don't you don't you should not need to have a deep overpowering emotion towards your baby to change its diaper or to feed it or to make sure the temperature is good or to check on it it should just be because you have a servant that you got spirit you're going to a servant theme your theme in life is I serve others for Jesus sake if Jesus said look after that little one Get up in the middle of the night, do it right, do this, do that, wouldn't you? You know, there's so many ways out there in the work world that you might get a chance to really be a testimony. And, and ready? Your testimony isn't whether or not you can hammer out the gospel to somebody. I hate to tell you, but it's not. Or quote a bunch of scriptures to them. Your testimony is, are you like Christ? Could you wash the disciples' feet? Oh, well, some of you could in church because that would make you even more spiritual than everybody else because I got down and washed the disciples' feet. Now, I've known some men of God do it. I've done it for a purpose and a reason. And the reason was to lift up that other person who had done some real, thankless, unrecognized work. So those are just a little bit, little taste of the tree. And then the, the sort awareness. I... You need to have a sort awareness. What sort? What sort of work am I doing here? If you're not careful, it means more to you how many, how many of anything you do, how many people attend, how many souls saved, how many baptized, how many tracts are put out, how many hours you did this, how much you pray, how, how, how much, how much, how many, how much. Why don't you do this? Why don't you forget that for a while and see if you've got the right sort of work going. Is the goal how many you put out? Or is the goal how you put them out? One of the things I hate, I hate, and I've said it recently, I hate when somebody goes, it works for me. That's, that's, that's wicked because a lot of people are doing that without asking if it works for God. 
if God's in favor of it, if the Lord wants it, if God is happy with it. And many times he's not. Now there's nothing negative about this. Although it is, it is something that says we need to be aware. By the way, if you were about to make a jump, a parachute jump into combat, I think you'd want somebody checking your gear instead of telling you what a great guy you were and how good you looked. I think you'd want to check your gear. If you were about to go into a firefight, you'd want to check on all the stuff that it takes to do that to defend a country or a family or whoever. <laughs> if you were about to go into a, a bad situation, you'd want to make sure you had the provisions ready and the water was pure and all that. Well, when we're doing something like soul work, it ought to be important, shouldn't it? Father, we pray you take these thoughts. I know they're simple. They're a force, Lord, not trees. But I pray if we would get the big picture. If they get the big picture, then they could fill in the rest of it. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.